Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm John Tucker in this news in the newsroom of this Bloomberg Business Flash being brought to you by USCF. Invest in what's real. Visit USCFinvestments.com. That's USCFinvestments.com. We have uh, stocks higher across the board right now, up about to four-tenths of a percent for the Dow, the S&P 500, and NASDAQ Composite Index. Let's check in with uh, Bill Maloney right now at the market's desk for an update. Bill. And good afternoon, John. Like you said, main U.S. averages are climbing right now, with the Dow currently higher by 84 points. S&P's gained 10, while the NASDAQ climbs by 23. The small cap 600 is up four points, and the U.S. 10 yield at 2.1%. Nine of the main 11 S&P sectors are trading higher, led by gains in energy, financials, and healthcare. Only telecom and utilities fell. NASA Biotech's rise 24, transports gained 52, semis climbed 5, and the VIX is down by 6%. Leaders to the upside in the Dow are ExxonMobil, Chevron, and Intel, while UTX, Verizon, and Boeing led to the downside. In other news, Hasbro and Mattel dropped intraday on a CNBC report that Toys R Us is weighing a possible bankruptcy filing, and Trivago fell as much as 30% after the company lowered guidance. Wrapping things up, look for RH and Verant Systems to report after the bell. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. John? Bill, thanks. Uh, Comex Gold right now is down 590 an ounce, 1338.60, down about four tenths. Nine eggs crude up 44 cents a barrel at 49.10. And we check the markets for you every 15 minutes during the trading day right here on Bloomberg Radio. Now back to Bloomberg Markets. And Lisa Abramowitz. Thank you so much, John. The afternoon call was brought to you by Red Hat, whose broad portfolio of open technologies helps you upgrade the IT you have and prepare for the future you want. Red Hat, tame today, frame tomorrow. Learn more at redhat.com slash portfolio. This is Bloomberg. A lot of Federal Reserve members are already gone or have a foot out the door. The latest Federal Reserve Vice Chair Stanley Fisher, one of the biggest allies of Fed Chair Janet Yellen, announcing today that he was planning to resign come mid-October before his term is up. Here to explain the significance of this is Craig Torres. He's a Bloomberg News Federal Reserve reporter coming to us from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. Craig, can you give us a sense of of where uh, Fed Vice Chair Stanley Fisher uh, lands on the dovish, hawkish side of things and what the significance is of his departure. So I think he was a little more uh, to the right, if that's the right way to say it, of Janet Yellen. Um, He seemed to believe there was a trade-off between unemployment and inflation. And I think he expected that the lower unemployment goes, the sooner inflation is going to show up. Lately in Fed Minutes, we've seen less belief in that idea, but uh, I think Stan would, you know, probably vote for another interest rate increase this year if he if he was around in December. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's interesting that you say that because the way that the markets seem to be uh, taking this, and certainly economists who I speak with, they're saying, look, uh, there are an increasing number of Fed members who are getting more dovish, who are saying, do we really need to raise rates again this year? Uh, Vice Chair Fisher would have been one of the lone members who would have stood with Janet Yellen to raise yet again this year. So with him gone, the likelihood is that much uh, lower that they will raise rates again this year. 
I think that I think that's probably a good assessment. I mean, there is a big question of what the Federal Reserve looks like next year with Trump uh, now having the chair, uh, the vice chair, and two more governors to appoint. Uh, I think that should be the market's bigger question. Well, hold on a second, because I want I want to get there because I think that you're right. There's a question: Is there a serious problem in having so many vacancies on the Fed? Well, you know, Quarles just needs a, a, a Randy Quarles, who the president has appointed as vice chair of supervision and a, and a Fed governor. All he needs is a Senate uh, uh, vote to, to get in the job. So I think that could happen fairly soon. Is there a problem? Look, I mean, the Fed's a big bureaucratic institution. It's a lot of work. There are many committees inside the building that need attendance. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. So the sooner we have a full board, the better the institution will run. No doubt about it. So, I mean, just to give people a sense of some, what some of the day-to-day functionality is of the Fed, other than the big sort of uh, mostly monthly uh, meetings that they have, uh, not quite, uh, okay. where they decide whether or not to raise rates. I mean, what, tell us some of those functions. I mean, they have an oversight, a, a financial oversight uh, role. They have a role in uh, obviously setting uh, monetary policy and making sure it carries through. Yeah. Uh, are there other things that are sort of less considered that need to get done that this will uh, this that this will affect to have these vacancies? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one big one that's in the news. So, for sure, uh, last week and this week, there are Federal Reserve officials that are considering how to get money, physical cash, to hurricane victims. Because for sure, there were ATMs that were underwater, right? So these are the kind of things they have to deal with. The Federal Reserve is the distributor of Federal Reserve notes, something people don't really think about. But truckloads of physical money actually have to get to people in disaster areas. Those are the kind of things these people worry about, important things, you know, that make the wheels go around on a daily basis. So uh, talking about what the Fed might look like, say, uh, come six months from now, From everyone that I've spoken to, it sounds like President Trump would obviously want rates to remain low. He is going to nominate people uh, that sort of lean to the dovish bent, that would not raise rates as quickly. Do you think that's an accurate interpretation? Are you getting any color about who he might nominate or, uh, you know, whether that is an accurate assessment? So we do know that the staff that's advising him is expanding the list. Most of the stuff you and I see is, you know, four people, Kevin Warsh, Glenn Hubbard, Gary Cohn, and Janet Yellen. But I think the list is going to be longer. I think they'll consider bankers, for example. Um, you know, the question, Lisa, really is, Trump, does he want continuity or disruption? And past presidents have chosen continuity. In other words, they've picked an insider, if not the sitting Fed chair. And the reason is because financial markets deliver a big dividend when you do that, a dividend in the form of stability, you know, a stable interest rates, typically maybe uh, a stock market that uh-huh. doesn't doesn't plunge. That's a really good thing for a president. If you break with that, you're taking a risk that people lose confidence. Craig Torres, thank you so much for tracking this uh, and for giving us those insights. Craig Torres is a Bloomberg News reporter covering the Federal Reserve, a longtime Federal Reserve watcher, full of insights coming to us from our Bloomberg 99.1 Newsroom in Washington, D.C. Coming up, we're going to take a closer look at farming, vertical farming. I'm Lisa Abramowitz. This is Bloomberg 99.1. <laughs> 